Blessings to Israel presents Discerning the Times, a program committed to encouraging you to view current events through the lens of the Bible. Now, in honor of the one and only true God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, please join us for today's program. Welcome to Discerning the Times. My name is Brian Thomas. So great to be with you once again this week. And we are going today dive into the nation of Israel. And, you know, that is our ministry's focus is the importance and the significance of Israel. And we're going to look today at Israel's prophecy of the end times. So we're taking listener questions and we're going to look at what the Bible has to say concerning Israel's prophecy of the end times in particular, looking at the book of Daniel, chapter 12. So we're going to bring in my co-host, Dr. Bruce Logan here shortly. But before I do, I want to remind you, as we always do, that your eternal state is far more important than your current state. If you have never received Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, I encourage you to come to him today so that your sins can be forgiven and you can inherit eternal life. Otherwise, you will spend an eternity separated from him in the lake of fire. So please come to Jesus Christ on today. So going to bring in Dr. Bruce Logan. Doc, so great to speak with you. It's been a while. We, we took a little time off, and uh, but it's good to be back behind the mics again to talk about Israel, discerning the times, and, and to talk about God's plan for what is to come in the future. Well, I'm just certainly glad to be back with you, Brian. And um Certainly looking forward to today's episode. Um, we're going to be getting into some things that really um, is like from one of my favorite books in all the Bible to study. And uh, it's going to be hopefully uh, very fascinating and interesting to our, our listeners. Yeah. And it's, there's so much more to the book of Daniel than Daniel in the lion's den and the Hebrew boys in the fiery furnace. Although, of course, those are great. So accounts. much more. So, so much. So much more. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You know, not to take away from those accounts. Those are magnificent accounts and uh, everything in God's word is magnificent, of course. But uh, that tends to be what a lot of people focus on. But there is so much more to the book of Daniel. So we're going to dive into it today. Again, looking at Israel's prophecy of the end times, also known as the 70th week of uh, Daniel's 70 weeks prophecy also known as the tribulation, also known as the time of Jacob's trouble. So the first question that I have is, who are the sons of your people that Michael watches over? So this is a reference to verse one in Daniel chapter 12. So please turn your Bibles there with me. And that verse reads, at that time, Michael shall stand up the great prince who stands watch over the sons of your people. And there shall be a time of trouble such as never was since that was a nation, even to that time. And at that time, your people shall be delivered. Everyone who is found written in the book. So again, the question is that reference sons of your people, who are the sons of your people that Michael watches over? So I need to take you back a couple of chapters because this ties back to Daniel chapter 10 In Daniel chapter 10, verse 21, the text says, but I will tell you what is noted in the scripture of truth. No one upholds me against these except Michael, your prince. So when we look at this question, Michael, the archangel, is described in the Bible in the books of Daniel, Jude and Revelation. He's described as a warrior angel who engages in spiritual combat. Now, the word archangel means angel of the highest rank. 
Most of the angels in the Bible are portrayed as messengers, but Michael is described in all three books as contending or fighting and standing against evil spirits and principalities. Michael and Gabriel, it's important to note this, they are the only two angels mentioned by name in the Bible, unless you count Lucifer, who, uh, you know, rebelled against God, of course, and, and was cast out of heaven. They are the only two, though, mentioned along with uh, Lucifer, if you want to count him. So an angel is speaking to Daniel and is telling him that Michael stands watch over the sons of your people. Now, we need to point out that Daniel was of what ethnic group? He was a Jew. So his people are and were the Jews. So Michael is the protector of Israel. And this text lets us know that it suggests that God has various uh, angels over various countries or people groups. And we again, when we look back at Daniel chapter 10, we, we see that. But also the demons, Satan's kingdom of darkness, they also have a similar hierarchy. If you look at Daniel chapter 10, verse 20. Um, you, you'll see that. And I want to also share Daniel chapter 10, verse 13, which tells us, but the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me 21 days and behold, Michael, one of the chief princes came to help me for I had been left alone there with the kings of Persia. So he's referred to there, Michael, as one of the chief princes. And there was a, an evil spirit that was withstanding Gabriel from delivering a message to Daniel Michael came to the aid so that Gabriel could continue uh, to deliver the message. So, again, the time of Jacob's trouble is the great tribulation. Michael is going to see to it that Satan does not annihilate Israel. Again, also known as the time of Jacob's trouble. This is what Jesus spoke of during his first coming. And Michael also leads the battle against. Uh, I want to give one more reference against Satan in Revelation chapter 12, verse 7. Where the scripture says there's war that breaks out in heaven and Michael and his angels fought against the dragon and his angels. When cast to the earth, Satan goes out to persecute the woman that gave birth to the child and the woman represents Israel. The child represents Jesus Christ. So that is my take on that first question. Who are the sons of your people that Michael watches over? That is referring to the nation of Israel. So, all right, Doc, what do you have next? All right. Um, we have another question here, uh, and actually it stems from the same verse that you just uh, articulated, and that's again Daniel chapter 12 and verse 1. And the question reads, <coughs> excuse me, um, if the great time of distress, okay, if the great time of distress mentioned in Daniel 12 and 1 refers to the great tribulation, can you explain the difference between the tribulation and the great tribulation? Now, this is a, a very, very good question. And, but in order to really do the question justice, we need to like, as Brian just did, go back just a tad and just kind of do a little bit of background in order to bring up, uh, to, to bring about um, some clarity as to what this verse is referring to. Now, again, let's just go and just take a look at the verse. And it says that, and at that time, the time, uh, or I'm sorry, at that time shall Michael stand up, the great prince, which stands for the children of thy people. And there shall be a time of trouble such as never was since there was a nation, even to that same time. 
And at that time, thy people shall be delivered, everyone that shall be found written in the book. So now, when you go back, excuse me, and look at this verse, you would have to uh, notice something that should jump right out at you right away. It says, and at that time. So if you're an astute Bible student, that you would pause right there and you would ask yourself, at what time is the messenger referring to? So in order to figure out what time he's referring to, you would have to go back a chapter and, um, and, and just kind of, just kind of follow along with the narrative. And, and before I get into that, though, however, I need to, I, I'll be remiss if I don't point out the fact that as we are unpacking Daniel chapter 12, it's important to keep in mind that Daniel chapter 12 is all a part of the same vision that began in chapter 10. Uh, and so chapter 10, chapter 11, and chapter 12 are all a part of the very same vision and a part of the very same narrative um, that, that Daniel uh, is receiving here at this time by the heavenly messenger. And basically what we have in, in these three verse, uh, I'm sorry, these three chapters, is you have what, what many refer to as the end of all history. In other words, the, the Daniel was receiving a vision from his lifetime where he was standing uh, at that particular moment in time, all the way until the time that Jesus uh, returns and sets his kingdom up on earth. And he received the entire vision, the entire timeline. And, and, and what happens is, is that what God is doing when we get to all the way to chapter 12 or chapter 11 and then chapter 12, um, that God is giving Daniel a preview into the end of all world history. And that's an important point to keep in mind. So um, now, what he's also doing is he is progressing, progressively revealing. So, because you have to keep in mind that during the course of the book of, of Daniel, he have, uh, Daniel received uh, a number of visions that was basically referencing the end times or or the or the uh, track of history that will lead to the end times. But in, after each vision or each subsequent vision. God will reveal to Daniel additional details about the original vision that was given in chapter two. So you have to keep in mind that in chapter two, Daniel interpreted Nebuchadnezzar's dream, and we won't go as far as unpacking that. But when we get to chapter seven, God gives Daniel additional details of the, of the very same vision that was given in chapter two. Then in chapter eight, some additional details were given. And then uh, if you go back and listen to our uh, podcast that we did, the episodes that we did on the 70th week of Daniel, you notice that some additional details were given um, in Daniel chapter nine and that's 70th week. And now we get to the final vision of the book of Daniel, which is which uh, incorporates chapters 10, 11, and 12. And so with that background out of the way, um, let's look again at this verse. It says, and at that time. So what time is it referring to? So I won't read the entire narrative, but you, in order to figure out what time, and you got to remember, it, Daniel, the, the angel is, is continuing the narrative that he began in Daniel chapter 11, because at that time, which means you have to go back to see what time is referring to. Now, he's actually referring to, as he's concluding the, the uh, Daniel chapter 11, or that aspect of the vision, Going all the way back to verse 36 
through chap, uh, chapter, I'm sorry, uh, Daniel chapter 11, verse 36 to verse 45 is the time specifically that's being referred to here in Daniel 12 and 1. So now let's just take a brief look, and I won't read all the, the verses for the sake of time, but let's just look at a few of the verses just to kind of give us a, a snapshot as to what specific time that this angel is referring to. So verse 36 of Daniel chapter 11 says, and the king shall do according to his will. Now we've got to pause right there and ask ourselves what king is being referred to. And obviously uh, referring to the Antichrist, the Antichrist when he rises up on the scene and he's, he's, we're in beginning when we get to chapter 11, verse 36, we're now into that 70th week of the book of Daniel that we, we taught on. And you have to go back and listen again, like I said, to those, to those episodes. I won't take the time to go and, and go back and review that. But it says, and that king, talking about the Antichrist, shall do according to his will, and he shall exalt himself. And what's going to happen that we can know from the connection from the book of Revelation is that the Antichrist at the beginning of the seven-year tribulation is going to sign a peace treaty with Israel. There's going to be peace for three and a half years. And then at the, at the three and a half year mark, He's going to exalt himself. He's going to enter the temple and cause what was being referred to as the abomination of desolation. And the king shall do according to his will. The Antichrist shall do according to his will. And he, he being Antichrist, shall exalt himself and magnify himself above every god and shall speak marvelous things against the god of gods and shall prosper till the indignation be accomplished for for that is determined, for that that is determined shall be done. Then verse 37 says, neither shall he regard the God of his fathers. And this is interesting. It says, nor desire of the desire of women, nor regard any God, for he shall magnify himself. But tidings, verse 44, but tidings out of the east and out of the north shall trouble him. Therefore, he shall go forth with great fury to destroy and utterly um, take away or make away many. And I'll, I'll just stop right there. And, and uh, listeners can go back and read the, the concluding verses of that narrative. But the angel is in chapter 12, verse 1, is picking up the narrative at that point and continuing with the narrative. And he's saying at that time. Now, it's interesting. It says at that time, there should be a time of trouble such as never before uh, and, and, uh, and before since there was a nation and there never will be such a time. Now, notice that that is exactly what Jesus said. Jesus quoted Daniel 12 and 1 directly in, that, uh, in his Olivet Discourse in Matthew chapter 24, verses 20 through 22. Notice what he says real quick. But. Pray that your flight be not in the winter, neither on the Sabbath day. For notice verse 21, for then shall be great tribulations such was not since the beginning of the world to this time, no, nor shall ever be. Referring to the exact same thing that the that, uh, Daniel records in Daniel chapter 12, verse 1. And in verse 22 of Matthew 24, it says, and except those days be shortened, there shall no flesh be saved before the elect's sake, those days shall be shortened. So uh, to make a long story short, to answer the question, uh, what we're referring to here is, is in chapter 12 and verse 1, again, which was a continuation that was really began in chapter uh, verse uh, 36 of chapter 11. 
is we're referring to the two halves of the great tribulation period. So to answer the question, the difference between the tribulation and the great tribulation, the tribulation period is the first three and a half years of the seven year or Daniel's 70th week. But the great tribulation is the final three and one half years in which we begin to see the Antichrist desecrate the temple. And we will see all that we just read in Daniel 11 uh, come to pass. And so that is the difference. And in, in, in notice that Daniel and our Lord both uh, affirmed that it shall be a time like never before in the history of mankind. And unless the, uh, that time is shortened, will no flesh be saved, which kind of gives you an idea of just how bad that period of time is going to be. But there, again, that was a, a long about way to get to the fact that this tribulation is going to be split up in the two, three and a half year segments. Uh, and the second three and a half year period is known as the Great Tribulation or the time of Jacob's trouble was also re often referred to it in other passages. And um, where the attention, God's attention and God's wrath is going to be placed on the nation of Israel. All right. So the next question that we have reads is verse two, speaking of the resurrection of all who have ever lived and died. So verse two is referring to Daniel chapter 12, verse two, which reads as follows. And many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake some to everlasting life, some to shame and everlasting contempt. All right. So this is speaking of the end of the tribulation. As you just talked about, Doc, the great tribulation it has come to an end. And that's what this verse is speaking of. Also know that the church was not revealed to the Old Testament prophets. The, the, the Old Testament knew nothing about the church. That is why Paul in the New Testament referred to it as a mystery. The church in its rapture, he referred to it as a mystery. And I recently heard a preacher who misapplied passages of Daniel, which are really for the nation of Israel. He instead applied those to the church. And he was trying to argue that the church goes through the tribulation. But this, again, is about the nation of Israel. The rapture of the church occurs before the tribulation. So only those who lived and died as a follower of Christ from the time of his crucifixion until the rapture of the church will be resurrected at the rapture of the church. That is known as the church age saints. That's in first Thessalonians chapter four, verse 16. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel and with the trumpet of God and the dead in Christ will rise first. So again, the rapture of the church before the tribulation, this resurrection that we're looking at here in verse two to everlasting life in Daniel is for the old Testament saints. So we're talking about Abraham, Moses, David, Daniel, Jeremiah, all those old Testament uh, prophets and saints. And along with that tribulation saints. So this occurs at the end of the tribulation. Now, sometimes people hear this and they'll ask the question, well, is it fair that the church gets resurrected before the Old Testament saints? And well, I just tell people you have to take that up with God. But apparently God is some given the, the church, I guess, a reward in terms of recognizing and receiving Jesus Christ as the Messiah during the church age. So, so they will be resurrected in the rapture prior to the tribulation period. So the resurrection to shame and everlasting contempt this is for all throughout the history of mankind who died as rejectors of God. Their resurrection will occur 1000 years later at the great white throne judgment. 
So I want to share those passages in Revelation chapter 20, verses 11 through 15. It reads, Then I saw a great white throne, and him who sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away, and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, standing before God, and books were open, and another book was open, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged according to their works by the things which were written in the books. The sea gave up the dead who were in it and death in Hades delivered up the dead who were in them. And they were judged each one according to his works. Then death and Hades were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And anyone not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. So back to the question. The resurrection of all who have ever lived and died. Is this what this is referring to? This verse here in verse two, it is referring to the resurrection of those who receive God and receive Jesus Christ at the end of the tribulation. Those people, along with tribulation saints, will be resurrected at that point. One thousand years later, at the end of the one thousand year reign of Christ, that is when those who rejected Jesus Christ will be raised to uh, contempt and shame. So the, the rising to everlasting life is going to be at the end of the tribulation. Those who reject Christ will rise to everlasting contempt 1000 years later at the great white throne judgment. All right, doc, what do we have next? All right. We got another really interesting question. Um, Daniel chapter 12 and verse four, um, it says, or the question reads, um, Daniel 12 and 4 says knowledge will increase. Many believe this relates to an increase in people's intelligence and technology, etc. But could this also refer to many Jews whose eyes beginning to open, veil uh, or veil unveil in the beginning or to lift and beginning to understand the scriptures, scriptures such as Daniel's prophecy? So in other words, uh, if I'm uh, understanding the question correctly, um, when the, when the Daniel 12 and 4 says the knowledge shall increase, is it only referring to human knowledge, human technology, or could it have a dual meaning? Um, could it also refer to the Jews in the last days um, uh, uh, having an increase in knowledge and understanding? And, to, uh, and the short answer to this question is yes. <laughs> and that might, some, some people might we get uh, taken aback by that response. But in other words, it's, it's both and, mm-hmm. I, I firmly believe. In other words, both both and. Um, but, uh, the first part of that, is, first of all, let's, let's go and read the verse. It says, but thou, O Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book, even to the time of the end, which is crucial right there, even to the time of the end, because that's giving you a specific, a specific time window. Uh, many shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall increase. Now, um, I, 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 the, it's very difficult, really, to in just a short period of time to quantify um, just for the first part of the answer, as far as the technology part. Um, it's very difficult to quantify just how advanced human beings have become technologically over just over the past what hundred fifty years or so. It's really, and, and especially uh, in the past, in the last, let's say, 40 or 50 years, it's really been really unbelievable. I, I, I was actually listening to uh, a, a preacher that I follow, 
who was addressing this question, uh, I don't know, a few weeks ago. And he made a point that I hadn't really thought of before. He, he pointed out that two of the greatest military generals in, in, in history, he said, was Julius Caesar and Napoleon Bonaparte, uh, who was in the early 1800s. And there was probably close to 2,000 years between those two people Well, very little had changed from a technological standpoint. He, he made the point that um, from a technological standpoint, they both may basically travel the same way. They both travel with horses, uh, carriage, carriages, and so forth. They didn't really have the technology um, that, that we you know, now know of. But fast forwarding to today, and, and just uh, over the past hundred years, now we have we've entered into the nuclear age. Um, you know, we can what what you tra uh, travel that used to take months, we can now do in hours. Think about that. Mm -hmm. I mean, we can literally trans uh, 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 I mean transfer around the globe or travel around the globe in in literally hours. You know, or like what what would it take to circumvent the globe like 20, 20 hours or maybe less, um, and depending on on stops where that would have taken literally months uh, in in times past, and 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 to think about the travel, to think about the things I I, I recall just in, uh, in the 80s, I used to be a big fan of uh, the late great Planet Earth by by Hal Lindsey and all of those different prophecy teachers I used to follow, and even then this was in the 80s, so we're only talking 40 less than 40 years ago. Okay, that there are passages in the scripture that even then they didn't really understand how these passages could ever come to pass. For an example, the passage in Revelation that used to nicely hear this debated all the time, uh, where, where it says, "And when Jesus returns, and every eye shall see him." And you know, back then, and we're, we're only talking forty years ago. Uh, how the you know it was a, a, a major debate. How is every eye going to be able to see him? Or I mean, we just didn't. It didn't even it didn't. We didn't see how that could be technologically possible. But now nobody's ask, asking that question mm -hmm. because everybody, people that even live in destitute, impoverished uh, areas, have cell phones. Yeah. You know, they have like like even the Afghans in the caves have satellites. Thank you for tuning in to Discerning the Times. Please come back and join us next week as we continue to encourage you to view current events through the lens of the Bible. Until next time, remember to pray for the peace of Jerusalem, bless God's great nation of Israel, and seek first the kingdom of God. Discerning the Times is presented by Blessings to Israel.